Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make their art. And today I have my good friend Robin Mallory with me. Robin is a graduate student at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Hi Robin, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Great, thank you so much for um, being on my podcast today. And um, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself to the audience. Let's see, well, I am... A veteran. I've spent some time in public safety. Um, I probably started art when I was old enough to draw in my homework in the elementary school. And I'm a parent of a great kid. And I've traveled all over. That's awesome. You know, because you have done so much in your career. I've been so impressed. Um, the military service, um, being a paramedic, firefighter police officer you've dedicated a big portion of your career to well, all of your career to like public service and then we've even talked a little bit briefly about art, art education teaching and things like that so I think that's great um, so can you talk about in particular what inspired you to be um, an artist art has always been an outlet when I was younger I used to draw when I was anxious or I draw if I was happier I had an idea I would draw all over my homework if I was bored mm -hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed drawing in art much more than math and and you know the subjects that you're forced to study so art was just an outlet and it just became more as I got older it's nice I don't know how you you do all the things that you've done in your career making time for the arts um and you're a very talented painter. I'm looking at her paintings on the wall, uh, which I wish you guys could see because they're beautiful. She's done a, a beautiful job with her traditional work. Um, can you talk a little bit of why you chose um, SCAD? What was your undergrad in? Because going to graduate school is a big time commitment and you were already a very busy person already. So can you talk about that? I chose SCAD because I, I kind of did a reverse search on a lot of the jobs that I wanted to do and a lot of it led towards SCAD because of the recognition of the name mm -hmm. um, and then I did some research on SCAD and I found that the courses that they offered the um, the level of the professors that they had to have you know they have to have so many years of their on their own as an artist and it was just a I think it was just a natural pro progression I've I looked at Ringling, I looked at SCAD, I've looked at a couple of the places up north in New York, and um, SCAD just felt more um, comfortable. Like, I, it just felt like it fit a little bit better. Okay. Um, I did my undergrad in illustration, children's book illustration, and I always have like a soft spot for children's books. You've read my my one that I did when I was in, I think, second grade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think for, for, the, for the graduate, I wanted something that was recognizable as well so that I could have that um, opportunity to go and work in, uh, in fields that I, I wanted to work in. I don't ever really see myself working in one job and staying there for 20 years, mm -hmm. so I have to have something that was um, like a building block. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. So, what art and artists inspire your work? Um, I'm a huge Renaissance 
mm-hmm. um, traditional artist um, influence through like Titian and Rembrandt and, and those. But then I guess the more modern ones would be um, the like Maurice Sendak and, mm-hmm. and um, I, I read a lot mm-hmm. of like Madeline when I was growing up and oh, just, um, okay. I still have a lot of those uh, books and it was just the, just the, the influence of being able to grow up in an area that had a whole lot of art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did have a, had a huge influence of, um, Greek art and a lot of the Greek, um, the museums and the art that's just there on every corner, it seemed like. Oh, so. yeah. Because you mentioned you spent a chunk of your uh, childhood living in Greece and mm. spending time in the educational system there. And that is such a unique perspective because I've been asking some of the other people I interviewed, they are international students, they have a different perspective on education from their cultures. So can you talk a little bit about what it was like uh, learning in Greece? Greece has a very unique way of educating people. When you start out in kindergarten, it's um, they do the pre-K and the kindergarten like very similar to what they have in America. But okay. when they when they do it, you are pretty much in the same group of children from the time that you're in pre-K till you graduate. You're in the same building from mm-hmm. kindergarten up to twelfth. Um, but they teach you music and art and photography, and uh, they teach you everything everything has an equal level of importance in their education like the photography if you choose photography you can choose photography drawing painting um you can choose music i did a lot i like i would they they encourage you to explore the arts whichever one is best for you but they feel like it helps with dimensional thinking they feel like it helps with well-rounded um students and when you get up to about 16 years of age, they start training you towards um, like what you, if you're going to go into a trade or if you're going to go into college, but they still teach you art and they still teach you music and, and just that, that, um, that education is still there for, for your whole life. Also, when you're growing up there, they, they make the opportunity to take you to like the Parthenon or the museums and teach you the history and the art behind the history. And they, they look at art as more of like a snapshot of that time frame, of that time period in, in history. And, and so it is um, very influential. Like I had the luxury of driving past the Parthenon on the mm-hmm. way to school and on the way home from school every day. So I got to see it out on my window. And then we would, as children, walk around uh, in all the way up to the Parthenon or some of the um, the Plaka, which is the area below the Parthenon, and the, all of the museums and stuff there. So it was a it was a heavy influence on on that classic art influence was heavily influenced in my current art. Cool, that is so neat because we can always, um, depending on where you're living here in the United States, it could be very hard to get to an art museum and mm. other places they you know um a little bit a lot easier in the bigger cities but that is so cool that you could see some of the ones from the history books and everything so 
what's something you cannot live without in your studio? What's your favorite thing? Just My favorite piece of anything in my studio would probably be my easel. Mm. Not only for the fact that it so, has such a purpose, but also for the fact of who I purchased it from. Mm. Um, so I, I purchased it from Jack Richeson. And the and then the person that's a best uh, it's called a best it's the brand of the of the easel but I I purchased it from the man that created the company for that easel and between wow. the two of them um, for a long time Jack Richeson actually would call me his granddaughter mm-hmm. and so I would I would have like these major art influences but the easel has been with me for probably fifteen years now and I have lugged it covered in bubble wrap from four different homes now <laughs> wow, it looks brand new it is a it is a prized possession if the house ever caught on fire I'd be having that thing strapped to my back to get out of the house <laughs> well you're also a painter so I think of painters having to have that easel and mm-hmm. that is like you know you yeah know, you know it, it is my prized possession yeah. in the studio yeah very nice so I admire that you are a super organized artist. I'm always like, if you guys could see this, which uh, I'll, maybe I'll snap some pictures and I'll post it in a blog post, but it's very Instagram worthy. Your studio is so organized. I think even Martha Stewart would be a little envious. So can you give us some organizational tips? Because my studio is in a wreck after like a project or a quarter. So yeah. So I started out with the pretty empty. I had to ha- I emptied the space and then I went through all of my supplies, like items. And so I put all the like items together, like I put all of the same kind of colored pencil together, same kind of paints together. So all my oil paints are in one area, all my watercolor stuff is in one spot. And then I went through and kind of, if it was broken or it didn't have like the, it didn't write very well anymore, any of that kind of um, thing. I would just get rid of it. And so, and then of course I, you see, there's labels on everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I labeled it um, by importance. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that's in the furthest in the back is the stuff that I don't get to all the time. It's like the, the printer paper that has the photo, photo printer paper and that kind of extra stuff. And and then move closer to where I can just kind of reach it and grab it. And so I have different palettes for different stuff as well, which I find that was important. A lot of times people only buy one palette or two palettes. I have several of them and I, I designate them for either acrylic watercolor or oil. And, um, I have more than one oil palette. I think I have, cause I do oils primarily. I Mm -hmm. love the oils. So I think I have four palettes for just oil. Wow. And so it, it helps because I use a large piece of glass with a piece of white foam core underneath with the edges taped. Okay. I use that to mix because okay. the white helps with the pure color. You can get more accurate color with a white background. Okay. So I just, um, I just made it so that it would be something that I would be able to um, start and stop projects faster. Okay because I don't really have like as much time as I probably should <laughs> for art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of put the items how I would use them. Oh, 
also makes sense to mm-hmm. you. So it's almost like I can, I can reach everything by just putting my arms out in different directions and kind of uh, by the importance and then further away, the less important. That's cool. Okay, so maybe because of my personal just age, maybe I'm getting dementia, but how do you know, like, because I'll organize something and then I don't, is it the labeling? What do you do? So you remember where you moved it to because I just, because of your encouragement, I'm going, and it's like, I can't find stuff. I'm like, I don't remember where I put it. So I do know maybe what would you suggest or is it like you pre- periodically, are you going through your stuff so you I know am. where it is? I periodically, I probably once or twice a year, I will go through... <sighs> And then I also, when it, when an item stops working for me, I get rid of it pretty quickly after that. And I think that's the biggest thing because I wasn't always organized. I was not, I, I, there was several moves where I had four or five large boxes that were just taped and they just made it from one house to another before I finally went through them, um, from my military days. So, um, but as items stop becoming useful I either get rid of them or I replace them so I'm only replacing one item at a time because I know which ones are working so it cuts down on on buying stuff that's a repeat item Uh or duplicate it also cuts down on um, looking for things because all of my watercolor stuff is in one spot so I just have to pull that drawer out flip up the lid and and um, because these are considered the double deep art bins Oh, oh, yeah. Where do you get your art bins? Would um, you mind mentioning You can one? get those on Amazon in a pack of like four or six. Oh, They're a little right bit pricey, but they have been the best ones I've got so far because they're all uniform okay. in size and shape, so I can kind of move them around how I want. Pretty durable, too, because sometimes yeah. like I, I just went to the Dollar Tree and I picked up one. I was like... I wonder how long this bin is going to last because it was like, I have some better ones. Like I bought your recommendation. I bought some better bins, um, but I just needed something to get me by for this one thing. And I'm looking at, I bought it, it was buck, but it's like, I don't know how long that's going to last because it's not the same. It's nowhere near as nice as those. Those were a little pricey and I'm not going to lie. I probably spent on organization on my on my just for my yeah. well it's for the entire studio yeah. I probably spent over over a couple years probably about four hundred dollars on just organizing my studio but it has cut down on time and duplicating items so in the end it has saved me money um, I did get the double deep art bins because I can tape down the sides uh-huh. and then just two of them fit in a box I can put some bubble wrap on them put them uh-huh. in a box so when I move or if I have to, you know, cause I don't stay still very long, <laughs> I guess I'm nomadic, but, um, I can kind of tape everything up and they can, they, they have dividers in them. So uh-huh. the stuff gets, it kind of bounces around, but it doesn't get destroyed. Gotcha. I think it's a great idea because the quicker you can find things, the quicker you can start with your materials when, um, because there will be a point I, I get too messy and I'm like, I can't even think. I have yeah. to clean this up. And so, yeah. But I love how everything's organized. You have your windows and then you've got those little potted plants. Everything's just very, yeah, you'd want to spend time. I think also that's another thing. Um, I know with creativity we get messy a lot. But I think there's a certain point where I'm like, I don't want to go in there. It's too scary. I'm going to step on something and I'm going to hurt myself that prompted a lot of it yeah like I not only did I organize my studio but I ended up doing it throughout the whole house 
and I kept a, a running list of stuff that I either wanted to get to, uh-huh. and I, I listed them by importance. So the problem with to-do list, I think a lot of people have, is that they do the to-do list and they think they got to do all of it. So then they get intimidated by it and they just don't do any of it. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is, is that if I do the to-do list and then I pick two or three items on the list that are important, then I can get rid of those and then move the rest up and oh. then just pick two or three items and be done. Okay. So I use that between the to-do list and organizing all my stuff I try and save a lot of just time overall because I mean I hate getting out of bed in the morning so Mm -hmm. if I can get an extra 15 minutes in the morning (laughs) then the organization has paid off and and if I can find everything and get an extra 20 minutes of painting then I feel like it's it's paid off as well nice yeah I mean I did your suggestion I'm I'm trying to start because I do cut paper, cut paper illustrations and I am running into leftover paper and I don't want to just toss it because I do p- take the time to paint it, try to get all those textures. So um, I do keep a lot of, I, you, you never notice like how much white paper scraps, like I just, I have a ton of it, and, but I, it's big enough, I'm going to keep it. So I have a bin for that now under your recommendation. And then I have another bin right now that I got that was larger and deeper for the other colors, but I haven't had time to organize further to see which colors I probably need another bin for. But as I build up um, a collection of paper, <laughs> because I'm really like yeah. recycling it for other stuff, you just never know. Yeah, I've, I found that I have, um, I've kept some things now that I'm more organized. I have kept some things just based on yeah, I know that I'm going to use it for something else. Like mm-hmm. I have what I, I call it an image morgue. Oh. Um, it's there. It's the little darlings that don't make it into the little pieces of work and art that I have in other places. But they're adorable little, mm-hmm. little figure, a little girl or mm-hmm. little. You know, I have one image that I did it for my undergrad, and every time I run across it, my image morgue, it still brings me a little bit of joy. But it's a girl playing in the rain with an umbrella. Oh. It didn't fit into the story that I was doing because I ended up changing the story, but it might fit into something else later on. I have no idea, but um, the image morgue helps me save pictures or um, something I've drawn or something I've come across that I really, really like, but mm-hmm. it doesn't fit something at that point. Gotcha. Um, I do have some digital, I have, do have a digital file that I do the same, but I am very traditional in my art mm-hmm. and I don't do a lot of digital if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy the tactile, the you know, oils is my favorite because it is so tactile and it takes a long time to do, but I do have a small bits and pieces of oil um, images and stuff that I've, I've kept as well that are the same. So I always recommend that um, just because you have to cut an, an image out of a, of a project doesn't mean that you have to get rid of the image altogether. You can use it for something else or it can be inspiration for something else. Very nice. That's a great tip because I started like going because you were like, oh, but you might be able to reuse some of that. And I was like, oh, usually I just pitch it. But I was like, that's a good idea. You never know, (laughs) even if it's just inspiration. I think that's awesome. So what do you plan to do after you finish your uh, graduate degree at SCAD? I would like my end goal is to teach and work out of a museum. So I really would like to do um, education for low income mm-hmm. and at-risk youth. 
that's always been my my goal is to actually um, teach children that would not normally have the opportunity to en to engage in art because I feel art is something that because um, children don't always have the communication skills that adults have we look at them we will wonder why they're not communicating with mm -hmm. us well they don't have those um, those skills yet yeah. and so I feel like art would be something that is a good um, middle point for a lot of kids to kind of express themselves and they can use art and uh, as communication but also as a way of kind of escaping some of the the less wonderful things that we would like to shield kids from but as a society I think we have a hard time with shielding kids from from those things so art is a good outlet art was an outlet for me when I was growing up I was an extremely shy child and so art and uh, my fourth grade teacher was the the turning point for my artistic mm -hmm. adventure <laughs> so I'd like to be able to offer that to um, to to kids as well and maybe even teach and, and you know do some programs out of museums and so kids can have that interaction with art and be exposed to it oh, that's great yeah I've found that with my younger students they're just so excited about art they and the things that as an adult that inhibit us from being adventurous and exploring like little kids they're just like I'm just gonna go for it there's no like second-guessing where as adults we kind of like well I need to worry about this or I need to do this I've got to worry about value color composition and they're just like I'm just gonna make it and they just enjoy the whole process and uh, yeah so I think in the end of the day you just I mean, those other things are important, composition and value and stuff, but sometimes it's just like, did I have fun making this? Did I enjoy this? Was the process <laughs> fun? <laughs> you know? It is something that I think as we get older, because yeah. when we start out in, in the elementary level with art, we, everybody's, oh, that's really pretty. Mm -hmm. But then as you get older, they, people look at art as something that is not as, as important. Mm -hmm. When I, I feel like it is just as important as math and chemistry and everything that we force kids to learn mm -hmm. because it also is something that they look at like they you can you can tell when somebody has been beat down a little bit by their art because they mm -hmm. no longer have the confidence that it is something that they enjoy mm -hmm. and they no longer have that oh look at this I created this and mm -hmm. it's like this you know this colorful thing and mm -hmm. You know, and they, somewhere along the line, someone had either spoken to them or diminished their their personal value as an artist. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I think as a society, we need to understand that art is just as important. I think that's well said. Um, so how do you maintain work-life balance? Because I remember this quarter you were like, I am taking uh, not only, you know, full load of classes <laughs> at SCAD, you were doing your paramedic uh, refresher and then you had some other stuff going on too so like how do you and then you know well, how do you and we're stuck in a pandemic so we're, we feel like I feel like we all live in kind of in a bubble so how do you maintain um, your work-life balance um, I have goes back to that organized <laughs> I have two separate planners I yeah. have one that does my month in a view okay so I have important dates each month written out on it and then I have a separate one that is just a week in a view and the okay. week in a view has all of my stuff for school on it ah, and okay. so 
I sit down and I kind of go over that and mm-hmm. I have to see what I have coming up. Like I know um, I have a couple trips in the summer that I have to take uh, for a job that we had talked about. Mm-hmm. And then I know towards the end of the year I have like an, a two-week trip I have to take to Texas for um, not artistic stuff. It's for the paramedic thing again. Um, but I just map it out mm-hmm. so that I know when my finals and when my projects are due and I transpose them with uh, the important dates for the month and and just kind of keep on top of the to-do list there are a few days where I'm looking at it like I feel like I've forgotten something Uh and I have that feeling in the back of my mind (laughs) that I forgot something and I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning like oh my gosh I forgot something and it 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 happens to all of us it's Mm -hmm. It's just the way I think our creative minds work sometimes. We're not linear. We're just, my mind looks like one of those mind maps. Mm, <laughs> gotcha. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self some advice about being an artist, what would it be? Have more confidence mm. in the, in myself as an artist. Because you're always an artist. You, the only difference between somebody that has a degree and someone that doesn't is the fact that you have now got a pedigree to go with that artist. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference between it. That degree is only um, there to help you get a job mm-hmm. on a market that bases certain things on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You will always be an artist. It doesn't matter if you have that degree or not. So I think for myself, I would tell myself to have a whole lot more confidence in my ability to do the art. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be something I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have great painting. I love your paintings. I love the little collage elements. I love the textures, <laughs> the brush strokes of them. Um, they're just really great. I really like them. It show a lot of your, I think, your passion, your personality. I think at the end of the day, I always look at pieces that people... You know, you you know, you're like you enjoyed that, didn't you? You had fun doing that. You know, that was that was you know. I do love oil, and it's my yeah. favorite. I know, I know. You're trying to win me over <laughs> with doing the oil paintings, and I'm just you like, you will. It's like you'll a come, hot, you'll come around. It's a hot mess, man. It's like when I do oils, I got like oil paint on my bottom. I've got it on my. It's always shoulder. the yellow paint too. Have you ever noticed? It's just everywhere, and I'm just like, I'm a horrid little, yeah, and then just, so, but maybe I'll have the confidence to go back to that. Okay, so these are, uh, oh, down to the last two questions, so the next one is one of those um, deep questions. You finished creating all the paintings you wanted at the end of your life, and what are three final truths you would leave behind? Hmm, That's a tough one. I think that the final I think the truths are that art matters whether it's to the creator or the consumer it matters Mm -hmm. and then I think for my personally would I have wanted to make sure that I I spread joy and Mm -hmm. and and happiness with it because in the end you really can't take anything with you Mm -hmm. So it is, it is most definitely the memories and the emotions that you, that you leave behind. So I think um, for me it would be to know that I, I made someone happy with something or I brought joy to them, even if it was just fleeting. Mm, very so. nice. 
So where can people check out your amazing work? Because this is a podcast and we can never see more visual <laughs> artists. I'm always interviewing creatives and I go like, oh, I wonder one day if they'll come up with a podcast that somehow, besides YouTube, or they'll figure out a way to the visuals. But um, Well, right now I've just started my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it only has a couple pieces okay. on it. Um, but the Instagram is rgmallow, which is M-A-L-L-O. I should have my website back up probably by the end of summer. Okay, cool. And so I'm kind of um, probably going to start sharing a lot more art to my Instagram for that very reason because I don't have my website up. Cool, great. So I will be, uh, as soon as I get my website back up and running. (laughs) Well, by then, um, probably when this podcast gets released, because um, if it's ready, I'll just put it in the description box. Okay. So that'd be great. But um, yeah, Robin, this was all great stuff, really helpful tips, and I appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us. Um, And everybody, that was My Creative Life. Thank you for listening. Oh, and by the way, please like, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And podcasts live and die by that. I figured I'd start saying that, but I appreciate all the support and interest in it. Thanks, guys.